Welcome to the Gen Z Stoic Podcast, where every week we strive to lead younger generations on a path to virtue through the insight of Stoic teachings and personal stories from our lives as Gen Z Stoics. Welcome to this week's episode of the Gen Z Stoic Podcast, where we will be covering a quick five-step plan to develop self-discipline. But before we begin, let's start with a quote by Marcus Aurelius, who truly outlines this plan himself, where he says that a man's true greatness lies in the conscience of an honest purpose in life and on a, is founded on a just estimate of himself and his capabilities, on frequent self-examinations, and a strict obedience to the rule which he himself believes is right, without troubling himself about what others may do or say. And we will analyze this quote further, but it's truly a fascinating quote that somebody who lived so long ago can develop such a solid plan for you to become more consistent, more in control of yourself, and able to push through what are minimal struggles with huge rewards. And so today we're going to be dissecting this quote and others and analyzing how the Stoics provided a quick plan of action towards self-discipline and reaching your goals. Absolutely. And I think the important thing to start off with when we when we talk about discipline is that discipline goes is probably the most um, self-focused, focusing on the self, uh, the most emphasized uh, act of focusing on self in stoicism. And this goes across philosophy across the world. You know, you have Chinese philosophers, you have the philosophers in Rome, Stoics essentially everywhere who talk about how essentially mastering yourself is the most important thing that you can do as a person. And it absolutely starts with discipline. Um, I know we had talked to you started off with the quote from Marcus Aurelius, but I was also, I mean, there are quotes like this everywhere, but especially with Seneca. Also, he says, most powerful is he who has himself in his own power. And that essentially to me, I would define discipline as being the ability to just wake up and move closer to the goals that you have in mind, regardless of how you feel. That's the most simple way that I would put it because we know that motivation itself doesn't last. And this goes, you know, for any realm of endeavor in which you are going to set, set yourself out on. But at the end of the day, motivation can only start you off on a path, but then you have to slowly build up through the good and the bad to actually become a disciplined individual. Right. And we've talked about before how there's two different types of motivation. There's extrinsic and intrinsic. And I believe you were the one who said that extrinsic motivation isn't really motivation. It's just a temporary incentive or something along those lines. And it ties back directly into that conversation. I think that the biggest way, the best way to build self-discipline is to have a reason to do something. If you wake up in the morning and you have a solid why, you have a solid reason, you're more likely to go do whatever task you have to do, regardless of how you feel emotionally, physically, mentally, you're more likely to do that thing than a person who feels the same way, but doesn't have as strong as a reason why to do the thing. And that's something that we're going to talk about here today. But we first should stress the importance of self-discipline itself. We're talking about Stoics, Stoicism and famous Stoics. And the core tenet behind Stoicism, right, is emotional regulation. But if we backtrack, what does emotional regulation stem from? If emotional regulation is defined at as controlling your emotions, then emotional regulation stems from being in control of yourself. And where does self-control stem from? Being disciplined, especially within yourself, which is self-discipline. And so that's why it's so important to talk about today's topic. And it's really interesting and kind of fascinating, really, that we have such a clearly outlined plan by Aurelius that is basically just your first step to becoming like a stoic weapon, right? Becoming this self-disciplined person who stands out within our generation, a generation that lacks a lot of self-disciplined people. And that's that's really why we're going to talk about this here today is that we can kind of easily in less than a minute that I just did outline how self-discipline basically ties directly into the end goal of stoicism, which is emotional regulation, and how the stoics provided you an easy gateway to become that self-disciplined person. Absolutely. And I think in our generation, like you said, we definitely have a much, uh, a much higher amount of people who are not as disciplined as we believe that they should be. And it's also very easy to tell if you have developed discipline in some area of your life, it could be no matter how big or small, once you sort of developed it on your own, you can start to see it 
and where you lack it in other areas of your life. And it's very easy to look around and sort of identify the individuals who lack it just in general. And what I mean by that is when you surround yourself with disciplined individuals, they push you to do better in all areas of your life. And when you surround yourself with people who lack discipline, it's more, nothing is as focused. There isn't as much emphasis on moving forward. It's more about chasing pleasure and chasing things that don't require any discipline at all. And when you ask someone, you know, who lacks discipline, oh, what are your hobbies? It's often things that aren't fulfilling. It's often simply activities that just provide, you know, a distraction or or short-term pleasure or gratification and whatnot. And it's very easy to identify that once you've experienced it yourself. And that's a very important transition to sort of move into is you have to, the first time that you build discipline in an area of your life, it has to be solely on your own. And we sort of talked about this in the past, but if we're going to start off with um, having a purpose and talking about what the importance of developing a purpose in order to start being disciplined enough to start doing something, nobody else is going to understand your purpose as well as you do, because it has to deeply, deeply resonate with you. If your purpose isn't very personal and it makes you feel insecure at times and it makes you really reflect on yourself and who you are as an individual, then you don't have a purpose. Your purpose should be the sole driver of why you wake up and do the things you do each day. And that can be, you know, whether it's the gym or starting a business or any any sort of um let's say hobby or activity you want to start doing in your life that's gonna benefit you. You have to have a purpose that is so deeply resonated within your mind, body, and soul that when you are not acting in ways that help you move towards this goal, you feel worse because of it. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. And if we look at, back at the quote that we started with, the first thing Aurelius says is that your true greatness as a person lies within the consciousness of your honest purpose. And so for Aurelius and for us, we agree on this topic. Everything begins with your honest purpose. Like Mateo said, when you get up in the morning, the sole driver of what you do should be that purpose. If you wake up and you're sad or something happened, like you failed a test or something where you're just like, you know, I'm not feeling it today. There has to be something that you can think of. We see all the time on social media, like what's the one sentence, the one quote that pushes you to, you know, go past failure, do these hard things. What's this one quote that makes you get out of bed in the morning and, you know, do those things. And it's the same concept, right? What is the purpose? What is the why? What is the kind of driver behind the scenes of why we, you want to become a great person? Why do you truly want to be great? And the answer just, uh, the answer of, well, I just want to be great isn't good enough. You have to find a reason that regulates your emotions, that tamps them down and makes it so that the task that you're going to accomplish that day is more important than anything else. And the reason behind that is because that task, that task directly correlates to your ability to build self-discipline. And we all agree upon, if you're watching this episode, if you're part of this audience, if you're invested in stoicism, we all agree that self-discipline is the key, the key to becoming a person who is truly stoic and a key to a person who is truly successful. And so it all starts with that honest purpose, that, ro that roadmap of why. And the next step is develop a plan. If you develop a solid purpose, you have that driver, you have that fire that's lit under you, you're never going to cease to want to do the thing, but you still have to make it when you're doing the task, whatever it is, you still have to make it efficient. And that's where a plan comes in. And that's the second part of Aurelius's quote where he says that it that the consciousness, the greatness, it's founded on a just estimate of yourself and your surroundings, your environment. And so what that is, is if we use a real world example, which I'm sure our audience is very familiar with us using the gym, everybody's journey starts off somewhere different, right? Everybody weighs differently. Everybody has kind of, you know, a body mass index, they have muscle or they don't, everybody's built differently. And then you also have to account in if you're lifting for the first time ever, if this is like your first time lifting free weights, if you've lifted before, but now you're getting back into it seriously, everybody starts off at a different point. And so you can't just watch videos and then assess that, okay, well, this person kind of looks like me. And this is what they saying they're doing on social media. So if I follow those things and follow their goals, follow their plan, then it's going to work out for me. That's truly what you, that's what you can't do. And that's why people fail is because, you know, they might be motivated enough to, you know, start doing the thing, but they're too lazy to put in the work behind the scenes in terms of researching before they even go wake up in the morning to do the tasks. They don't put in the pre-work in terms of researching, finding out and developing the plan 
that puts you in the best state of action to succeed. And, and what that means is that when you start off doing something, whether it's going to the gym or for me, what I'll talk about later is training my dog, or it's just something that is, you know, something that's kind of a voluntary hardship. You have to develop a plan that works for you. And so you have to estimate, okay, where are my skills on this issue currently? What is my, what time am I allowed to complete this task every day within my schedule? And then from those things, develop concrete and realistic goals. That's kind of the end result of step number two, developing the plan. When you develop a solid plan backed up by a solid purpose, you have really concrete and realistic goals. And we talked about all the way kind of towards our first episodes about like how having realistic goals makes you more likely to succeed with, especially within like your routine and stuff. And so step two is just us reemphasizing that, but it's also found within this Marcus Aurelius quote, and therefore it's kind of found within our stoic stance guide to self-discipline. And while, and while you talk about having a plan, I think that's very important because you can't necessarily have a solid plan without having a solid purpose, like you were mentioning, but it's also, I've noticed too, and, and we'll talk about like our personal examples in a little bit. It, it doesn't have to be a perfect plan. We often think that our plan has to be perfect, foolproof, like really detailed, that it has to hit every single point. And oftentimes when we're starting out with something, we actually don't know everything. And so I'll, I'll use this example to start. When I was building my plan to start lifting, what I did was I researched first what like the parts of the body, the the anatomy of the human body. I researched, you know, how are you supposed to get big fast? I think that was the first thing I ever typed into the internet before I started lifting was how to put on muscle quickly. And you get the basics. And the basics for me were just, you know, consistency with lifting, eating and sleep and water. Essentially, I didn't know much else. But you have to and if you want to develop a plan that is going to be even just adequate enough to begin, you have to be willing to do the research. And you have to be willing to make a very well informed outline of what it's going to look like for you. Does it have to be perfect? No. Is it going to change? Absolutely. That's how life works. But then that sort of ties into the third step, which is actually developing the process, the system, actually acting on that. And I'll also say this for me, and I know for a lot of people, it can be very scary to start. But my, when you truly have a purpose, it's actually, it feels motivating because you've never resonated with an idea, an idea of progressing so quickly. You've never resonated with something that strong before. And I know I'm, I want to say the example just for a little bit later, but I'll keep using it. It's very easy to refer to when I had started lifting. I didn't know basically anybody in the gym. I didn't know what it was doing. I didn't know. I, I, I was just a beginner. I was the level one newbie in the gym who was skinny and had probably the worst outfits on whatever. It doesn't matter. But actually showing up for those first few months when I didn't know what was going on, that's where you develop the most growth mentally. Also, your process should just be, and if you've ever read Atomic Habits um, by James Clear, it talks about this with your system, developing a system instead of an outcome-based uh, process is where he talks about, it's very important to just start simple with your habits. So instead of making your habit going to the gym every day, make your habit putting on gym clothes every day, and just getting dressed for the gym because once you get dressed for the gym you're not going to get undressed and then go do what you were doing you're going to get dressed and be like i'm ready let's go so starting very simple with your habits your habits need to be very simple when it comes to developing the actual process because if you overcomplicate it and add too many steps it's going to be unattainable which is yet another reason why people quit also i would say you have to try something out before you start asking a lot of questions um you have to trial and error yourself. And then once you sort of kind of experience that for yourself, then you're able to go ask questions from professionals or people have more experience in the area. But taking the leap alone, that is the that is the, the line between staying on one side of progress and actually reaching your goals is actually taking the leap day one by yourself, building up the courage and taking action. And I think that's where it kind of comes in is our transition from like the purpose and the plan to the process. So we talked about how like scientifically you have to, it's like two weeks to like three weeks in terms of a habit becoming an actual habit, you doing the thing and then it becoming like an integrated part of your routine. It takes time. And so there, I, in my mind, there are two things, three things actually that get you through that like couple weeks process where things just suck and are hard and it's really difficult to get up and continue to just 
kind of beat your head against the wall when it comes to whatever it is. Because a lot of things are something where if it's that voluntary hardship, something that really is truly going to sharpen your self-discipline, it's going to be things that take time to see progress. Even like the most minimal amount of progress takes time to see. And so it's tough in those three weeks. And so those three things that get you through that are the purpose, the plan, and then those extrinsic extrinsic motivators that we talk about, right? Those extrinsic motivators are temporary, but if they push you in those couple weeks period before it becomes an actual habit to go do the thing, then they aren't necessarily a bad thing. And so what those things look like are really either an incentive or kind of somebody who keeps you accountable, somebody who's a buddy who goes to the gym with you or does the task with you, somebody who's going through the same kind of process as you are. And then it's kind of that like push off. And once you get that push off, you just keep going, you have the momentum. And so you continually grow, you continually go. And then it's something where you love the process. And so that's what the third step incorporates is that once you start to get that push off, then you have time to say, you know what, I'm starting to enjoy this a little bit, but let me look at what's working and what isn't. That's truly just the simplest terms to put step three is assess what works and what doesn't. And in terms of the quote, it's just frequent self-examinations. And so all that means is at the end of the week, look back at what you did and say, okay, on Tuesday, I went at this time and I did these things for this X amount of time. This worked and this didn't. So let's tweak this. But really, I love the fact that I really enjoyed this part of the process. And so if you can find probably whenever you do something, if you find one aspect of the process that you absolutely love, grasp onto that thing, because that's what's going to continually push you to go go through the hardship, go through the struggle, even if you aren't seeing progress and then tweak the other things. So that ultimately at the end of the day, at the end of the like first month that you've gone through whatever thing you're going through, you're going to sit down and you say, I love the process because those are the people who are going to be consistent. Those are the people who are going to succeed. Every influencer who is somewhat stoic will always go to the quote about love the process, not love the result. And we've mentioned that a few times on the podcast as well. And it's like the one cliche from influencers that I don't mind. I don't mind that because it's ultimately the truth. We live in a result-based economy. We live in a result-based society. And so we have people who may have the worst process possible, but it's like when you go through a problem in math class and you do all the steps wrong, but somehow you got the right answer, our education system is going to give you credit. And so is society. If you have all the wrong answers to the questions, but at the end of the day, you get credit because you got the right result, you're going to be the most well-liked person in the room versus the person who loved the process, did everything right, but then maybe did like a computation error within the math on the test. They don't get credit. Same thing in society. Those people don't get credit. But ultimately, those people are the ones who are going to be consistent because next time you're going to continue to love the process. You're going to do it all right again, but you're going to get the right result. The person who didn't love the process, didn't check every result, kind of every step along the way, is going to fall apart the next time to do the problem because you can only get lucky so many times. And so are you going to base your progress, your ability to be self-disciplined based on the luck that you're going to have somebody there for you who's going to push you, somebody who's going to be able to get you out of bed in the morning instead of the other option, which is we don't rely on luck. We rely on skill. We rely on ourselves, which that is loving the process. And that's the third step. And I talked about how it leads to consistency that's the fourth step. You'll notice that these steps kind of naturally flow into one another. And I think that's kind of the fascinating part for me is that Marcus Aurelius so long ago kind of outlined this thing. And the wisdom that he had is that so many years later, the same holds true that each step kind of just naturally flows in the other one. And so if you have the purpose, the first step, the solid purpose, if you have a plan that has realistic goals, the second step, and then you have a love for the process and you've checked in and built the process to be as optimal as possible, then what naturally occurs is consistency. Marcus Aurelius refers to this as a steady obedience to the rule that you believe is right, that you know is right. And so that's the fourth step is that you've gone through, you love the process, you have a plan, you have a purpose. And so you just love what you're doing. People may look at it and say, why would you do that? It's a struggle. It doesn't look fun. It looks painful. But to you, you love the process. And so what that becomes is you become consistent. And the fourth and fifth step, I'll, I'll go on to the fifth step. Um, Mateo will eventually get to talk, I promise. But 
Um, the fifth step also is not caring about what others think. And so four and five go hand in hand because you become consistent and you don't care what others think or do. It may be the most unpopular thing. You may be faced with the option of, you know, it's eight o'clock on a Friday. You haven't lifted yet. Are you going to go to the gym? Or are you going to go to the party that you just got invited to? If you're somebody who's followed the first three steps, you're going to go to the gym. And people may say, why would you do that? You're missing out on such a great time. That must suck. Why would you do that to yourself? And you're going to sit there and you're going to say, honestly, I prefer that. The gym is more enjoyable to me than a party. Being productive, sticking to my plan, sticking to my purpose is better than temporary satisfaction. And that's the ultimate goal. And so that's what the five-step plan kind of outlines. And that's the last step, which is one that you don't even have to manufacture. It's just one that comes naturally. And so I'll let Mateo speak, but that's kind of where we're going with this plan. Well, I think I think it was good that you outlined the plan because now it's going to make a lot more sense. To, we, can, we can get a little pers more personal now. But before I get personal about like my personal journey and my experience in this by using this five step process, I like to say a lot of people refer to think of, you know, consistency as like layers on an onion, you know, you, but like a huge onion. Right. You have to peel and eventually, you know, you keep peeling layers. But I disagree because in my opinion, that's too consistent. That's too equal like each step each progress you make is one peel away i disagree to me and i've noticed this for a while success to me is more like uh pickaxing away at a rock and what i mean by that is it can take 30 40 50 hits with a pickaxe before the rock actually cracks but on the 51st hit it all breaks. And so if you're someone who had only been watching somebody hack at a rock for that 51st try, you say, wow, they got it in one try. That's similar to what you were talking about with the result-based society, right? We often only see the outcome. We only see the end result. We never see what actually went into, you know, money or fame or a trophy or a title or whatnot. But so to me, it's, and I've noticed this a lot, is there, you will go months at a time without seeing any, you know, major progress. And you will also plateau very often in terms of, you know, it's not success isn't just a linear lineup. It looks like the stock market. It looks like a stock market line. You're going to get really high and then you're going to get lower than you were when you even started. But eventually, if you are consistent, you'll always end up higher than where you started. So let's get personal for a sec. Let's let's get vulnerable. That's what we do on this podcast. And you know, we really want to feel this out with our audience and just let them know that we are just regular people too who experience struggle so my most prominent example and i know i've probably mentioned this in every other if not every podcast is so i lift i like to lift heavy circles up off the ground it feels really awesome so i started i started lifting when i was like in 2021 the beginning of 2021 so now at the end of as we near the end of 2023 i'm getting up on about two and a half years of consistent lifting right so i started i was like 125 pounds nothing nothing cool about me and it was during the pandemic so that was also interesting but my purpose i remember this guy came up to me one time he put his fingers around my arm and he touched all the way and i was like dang kid like you need to put on some muscle and i thought that was it that was it for me and i was like i don't want to feel insecure in my own body simply put the purpose was to feel good about myself and of course you know we your purpose will change too. That's also something I like to point out. My purpose then was I also want to get big. So girls like me and stuff, but now it's more, I want to keep building a strong body so I can live a long, healthy life and protect my family and keep people safe. But that's not the point. So I developed my purpose very early on. And I'd like to say also that purpose, if it, if your purpose is strong enough, that's your motivation. I was motivated by the reason why I started simply put that was always engraved in my head when I didn't want to go to the gym one day I was like why did I start going to the gym in the first place oh got it I need to go then we go to estimating abilities step two I knew I was nothing impressive I knew I had you know maybe done a few uh weight room classes in high school maybe touch weights a few times but I had little to no experience hence why I researched I researched anatomy I researched nutrition I researched essentially every basic part of lifting that you need to know starting and eventually i think it's important that once you hit certain milestones and sort of reflect on your progress that you reflect on your abilities often 
because once you kind of give yourself a self-estimate about where you are, then you can sort of change up what you're doing, you know, maybe nitpick a few details and then get better. Thirdly, develop the process. I just jumped right in. You have to understand that in a world where we think everyone cares about us so much because of how social media has made us think, we think people are always watching us. People are always, you know, just closely looking at every movie make in real life. That's not true. People are so focused on themselves the way that you're focused on yourself. Everyone is in here all the time. No one cares what you do. So that once you sort of realize that everyone has their own problems and their own goals and their own ideas, it's a lot easier to just kind of go and do your own thing. Will people judge you? Absolutely. That's life. Whether you lose or whether you're going to win, you're going to be judged. So you might as well win. That was the mindset I had sort of taken into lifting. And then in fourth step is developing consistency. The gym, and it's this took about a year for it to sort of become um, a thing I had to do versus something I need to do and want to do. It became a part of my life that going into the fifths that became second nature. It became a part of who I am, a daily must. It's not a hassle for me anymore. It's not, you know, I have to go out of my way to go to the gym. It I put other events in my day around the gym. I schedule them around the gym because it's something I need to do. And it's taken years. And over the years, you will have many setbacks. You'll have many struggles. But if you if your purpose is truly strong enough, there's nothing that is going to hold you back from getting there. And I've had many people say like, you've changed so much. People ask me for help now. It takes time. Nothing worth having is going to come quickly. Simply put, you have to be willing to put in the work on the days you don't want to. And that doesn't mean I miss a day. Like I never miss a day. Of course I miss days, but consistency will always beat perfection. If you're trying to be perfect. And I say that because if you're consistent, it's pretty, you know, you have a few bumps in there and there, but it's a pretty straight line. If you're trying to be perfect, you're going to get real high right away. And then you're just going to drop and never be able to recover. So that's sort of my most prominent example of consistency and discipline. I would like to apply it into other areas of my life moving forward. But once you pick yourself up on your own and you do it by yourself and you really get, get to know who you are as a person, you sort of understand what your limits are in other areas. I think it's very important. You can't necessarily have a strong sense of self without having a strong sense of discipline because discipline is all about conquering yourself and conquering your mind. So it's your turn to talk. I apologize. No, it's fair. We we trade like 10 minute segments, you know, people get used to our voice and then boom, we like, we switch it. It's a really good flow for me. I think what I would like to explain is my kind of process with training my dog Enzo over here. Who's snoring loudly in the background. I don't know. But this is one that I feel like it's different from the gym. I could also talk about the gym. But for for me personally, training my dog was more of a struggle than the gym. Because the gym, at least, I feel like there's a set way of how to do things. And for me, dog training is like not that. Dog training is the opposite of that when you're like a teenager who just got a dog that's supposed to be a service dog and you've had no dog training experience whatsoever. And it's something that honestly, I still struggle with a little bit. And this has been like a year long process. So that's just to say that it takes time. And the first struggle that I had was back in like August of last year, when I initially got Enzo was finding that purpose. Because when you get a service dog, there's obviously a clear and outlined purpose, right? That this is a service dog who has come here to work. And so that's its purpose. That's the purpose of training the dog. That's what we're going to do. But for me, that purpose did not work. Because for me, a service dog, while it's great, it's awesome. It's really awesome, the work that he does now, now that he is trained. When you start off and you're like going through senior year where you're applying to colleges, you're trying to manage your grades, you have a bunch of other stuff going on extracurricularly, you throw a service dog on there and just say, yeah, like this is that dog that's supposed to work for you, but you have to really work for it. It's not a purpose that works. And so I struggled where I didn't adapt the purpose for the first couple of months. And so what happened is I struggled to train him. When I did train him, I would get very um, easily upset because I would be a perfectionist and I would nitpick and I wouldn't be happy with small victories. So there was never a sense of kind of that content with a training session. And it was something that I really had to work through. And the success was adapting your purpose. And so honestly, that's like, that's why it's the first step is you cannot move forward if you don't have a purpose that works for you. 
And it's okay if you are going to the gym or you're doing an internship or you're doing something that just you're doing, you're training for a marathon. If you have an initial purpose that doesn't work for a set period of time, sure, it might be a setback, but how are you going to use that setback? Are you going to make it a setback that makes it so, okay, well, I'm not going to be able to hit this marathon. I'll train for the next one. Or are you going to be something where you adapt it and then ultimately end up being successful? And so for me, that's the mindset I had. Sure, the first two months didn't grow great, but this is still a three-month-old puppy who I have many years to fully train. And it's a continual process. Let's change the purpose so I'm successful from here on out. And so what that looked like is I sat down with my family. I had talks, a talk with the trainer, and it was just honestly coming to love the dog and love training. And so the purpose ultimately was I'm going to make Enzo the best dog he possibly can be because I love him. And so that was what the honest purpose became is that if I truly love this animal, then it's my responsibility to make him the best behaved and the most well-trained dog possible, the best version of himself. And so that's what really pushed me through it. And it took time to develop that, but I developed that purpose. And then if we, that's where I kind of got out of the gate. That's where I got my push off is sitting down and saying, you know what? I do love this dog. I love him very much. And I do want to work with him, but how are we going to like push through that so that I'm not a perfectionist? I don't nitpick. I don't, you know, easily give up and I find, find and make time, which like, that's like the hardest step for a lot of people is find and make time. And within my schedule, that was definitely one of the hardest ones. And that's what the purpose pushed through. And so I had already estimated my abilities at that point. So my process kind of flipped in that regard where I had steps one and two, but step one wasn't working out. And so when I flipped step one, I did not change a lot of step two in terms of the plan. The plan was still the same. Make him service dog ready for when I get to college, he's able to come to college, he's able to go throughout his day, he alerts consistently, he does his job. And I can say that he is doing that now. So it worked out. The plan worked out. And they, those were realistic goals. And what was helpful with that is in the sense of the dog training, I was in a community of 12 different families who were starting out at the same point. And there were hundreds of other families before them who started out at the same point I had and ended up that their dog was a very well-trained service dog. And so I knew that was well within my capabilities. And so I was lucky that this was a task where you have hundreds of examples that are exactly like your situation. I even had, there's a family in my litter whose, whose kid is, I believe he's an eighth grader and he's going through the same responsibilities I am. And so when you have that kind of reality check, you can use it to say, they're going to go through the same process I'm going through and they're going to be successful. So, so can I. And so I had a very easy template to adapt my plan. So the plan was always consistent. The purpose changed. But once I changed that purpose in a couple months, the purpose and the plan were there. And so I finally had the proper motivation to where I consistently made time. I loved the process and I trained my dog. And so at that point, it was all about consistency and, you know, not caring what other people say. And step number five, not caring about what other people say when you have a service dog is so key because you get so much crap for having a service dog. People either don't understand like what it is. They don't, they doubt that it's a service dog. They judge you for having it. And so it's something where, you know, training a dog might not really resonate with you when it comes to the first couple of steps, but it absolutely should when it comes to once you develop that and I'm taking my dog out for public access, I'm training him, I'm working him with tools, which, you know, it's an e-collar, it's a pinch collar, it's stuff that people may not agree with. That's really huge. Step number five is really huge. And for me, I can personally say that it's something that you just have to get through. People don't know your process. People don't know your plan. People don't know your purpose. The only thing that should be able to stop you within this process is you yourself. Because if you're, if you are unable to temper others' opinions within your own mind, if you're, if people just come in and kind of give you these negative comments and you just internalize them and say, well, I probably should stop doing that thing, then you're weak. You're not self-disciplined. And ultimately you're going to fail at the task. You're going to be like the 90% of people who fail. And so that's kind of what I kept in mind is, am I going to fail my dog? Am I going to fail the community that surrounds me because I, you know, some person came in, gave me a negative comment, and now I'm just going to stop doing that thing? Of course not. That person doesn't know 
anything really. It doesn't know what the service dog is for. It doesn't know how I train the dog because they don't live your life. And so that's ultimately my feedback for like the fourth and fifth step is the consistency and the not caring about anybody else's opinion is a hundred percent on you. There is no tool. Even this guide is not going to help you be able to do that. The things that help you do that are your self-identity and your confidence within yourself. And it's really tied right into self-discipline. If you're confident in your purpose, you're confident in your plan, you love the process, then nobody's going to be able to influence you. Because even if if we're doing bad things, right? If we're doing something that's non-productive, but we love it, then we're still going to continue to do that thing. So why don't we apply that love for the process, that love for the thing, the things that are great, things that sharpen your self-discipline, things that put you on a path towards greatness, put you on a path towards success. And so the end result for Enzo is this. It's really this, the fact that he he gets to live with me in college. He goes through a college routine every day and is successful about it. And he alerts, he does his job, and he's a well-trained dog. It, honestly, he could be a national like rally dog if he wanted to be. And so there's a lot of things that I still struggle with in terms of, especially now in college, finding the time. But it's all to speak towards like, it's a just like for you with the gym, it's a long process. And it's a process where you can be two months in and the purpose doesn't work for you anymore. If that's the case, change the purpose. You can be four months in and the plan that you set out doesn't look so realistic anymore. Change the plan. You can be six months out and you say, I'm not really loving the process anymore. Change the process. It's not something where what you set out initially is set in stone and is something you can't change. It's something that's always adaptable. And that's the fun part of this process is it's always adaptable. It's not something where it's rigid, it's stagnant, it's something you can't change. It's something that you can always change. And so that's the beauty for it for me is I got to experience that with this dog. Is it something I always change? You know, I always, I'm going to have this purpose forever now, but the process may still change. The plan, I've already met some of the goals I set out to do. So I need to have new goals to motivate me. The plan mm-hmm. always changes. And so that's why when we talk about the best version of yourself, you're never satisfied and you're always working. But what's the result of that is you're consistently getting more disciplined. You're consistently getting more self-control. You're consistently becoming more stoic and you're consistently becoming a better person for it. So it kind of ties back into what we always kind of end with in terms of, would you rather be like a really good version of yourself who is shooting for the best version is never satisfied? Or would you be somebody who wants to be mediocre and is satisfied with being mediocre? And that's kind of the process here is were you going to be satisfied if you just like lifted like two times a week and it was something you did for the aesthetic? The answer is no. Would I be satisfied if I kind of did a mediocre job with my dog and he didn't behave correctly? And he was just more of a pet than a working dog. No. And so the question becomes, whatever you're setting out to do, whatever is going to be the task you choose as your hardship, the task that strengthens your self-discipline, are you going to adapt a purpose if you need to? Are you going to adapt a plan if it doesn't work for you or you met the goals? Are you going to quit when it gets tough? Are you going to be somebody who is part of that 90% who fails? There's so many factors that are going to come in that we didn't cover in this episode But this five-step plan covers all of them. You just have to apply it for yourself. And so that's where the work comes in. That's where the hard work comes in. Well, that was, you know, certainly a lot to unpack. And there was one specific thing you said that caught my attention. And that was, you know, being people can't shake you off of your goal. They can't, you know, get you off track by offering something else. And I will say that's especially prominent, you know, at least with lifting, because lifting takes up a lot of time um away from people uh especially when and also let's let's start actually from the beginning the reason that in today's you know society being disciplined is so hard is because nobody is it's hard to be in the minority it's hard to have it's hard to be the one person who kind of feels like they don't fit in but you're actually doing the right thing and so we've talked about this, you know, especially with groupthink and, you know, with social media and having opinions in our last episode, it's very easy to sort of conform to the mass because it's more comfortable. You don't want to be the person standing out or who's getting unnecessary attention. But when you're developing discipline, 
and you've been at your process for long enough, you've been, you know, chipping away at the rock and the stone for long enough, it doesn't bother you. You are confident in who you are. And you're not afraid to tell people that. To this day, I still have people say, oh, you know, skip the gym. Like, let's go out. That's not going to work. I am, we can work around it, but that's not going to work. I am not going to change who I am to do something that doesn't resonate with me as strongly. I will choose progress over pleasure any day of the week. And I can say that strongly. I am not easily tempted anymore. I am a lot stronger than who I once was. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. I am a very flawed man, but I am striving to be better every single day. And that is what stoicism is. I still estimate my abilities constantly. And I know that I have a lot to work on, but if you can reflect and take a second and celebrate the how far you have come, that feels good. You let yourself feel the pride and then move on because you don't want to be prideful for too long because that will breed complacency and then you will really see a plateau in your progress. So allow yourself to celebrate and be happy and be proud of yourself, but then use that as hope and as motivation and as a purpose to keep going. Once you see results, the process becomes addicting. And the reason that you were, the, another thing that you said, um, being like unshake, un unshakable is, um, I saw this quote the other day and I don't remember who it was from, but it said, walk like you have 3000 ancestors walking behind you. There is something so fulfilling and it feels so good to have such a strong purpose for being and for having the, for doing things. I never truly developed a purpose for who I am as an individual until like close, like maybe a year ago, if that. And since then life, you look your life becomes drastically different. The way you view the world changes drastically. You see things through the lens of your purpose. Everything that you do, it's going to become second nature and you're inherently going to ask yourself, does this pull me closer to what I want or does it pull me farther away? Um, nothing, no process is perfect. No plan is foolproof. And like you said, all of these factors, the purpose, the plan, the process, the consistency, you're going to have to change it up along the way in order to keep it sustainable because one thing isn't going to be sustainable for years and years and years of progress that's simply just the truth and i think a lot of people don't understand that as well as with social media it's not helping you have people say here's a six minute way to get abs and you'll never have to do it again it's not how the world works man the world wasn't built you know in six minutes rome wasn't built in a day there's a plenty of you know examples that we could use but at the end of the day it is very difficult to truly be disciplined. We have, you know, influencers who say, here's a three-step way to never procrastinate ever again. It's complete garbage. Here's a great way to develop consistency to start, but then it's on you at the end of the day. Who has your back at the end of the day? Only yourself. Only yourself can truly back up who you are as a person and what your purpose is at the end of the day. Nobody is coming to save you. Nobody is coming to pick you up when you are at your lowest. And I think that's a good point. We've both been at very, very low points in life. And when you're truly at the bottom and the lowest that you've ever been, you will find a purpose. If you have to ask people for motivation, then you don't want it bad enough. You don't have a purpose. I get that a lot. People say, you know, how can I be so motivated? Like, how can you give me motivation to do this, to wake up early? It's not motivation. It's a purpose. It is how bad you truly want something. And I can't emphasize that enough. It's going to be different for everybody. But if you truly want a result and you want, you know, it starts with wanting the result and then you learn to love the process after. Nobody's like, I really want to just destroy my body six days a week for the rest of my life. No, it starts with like, I want to be strong, but you'll learn to love it. And my point in saying that is there is no such thing as motivation long-term motivation anyway you'll have it shortly you know maybe a day maybe even a week but then once that's gone it's up to you it's up to your purpose to keep you going every single day and i've tried to emphasize it as much as i can but it is a lonely road when you are trying to reach the top and trying to be the best version of yourself because you are the only one walking that road and also not many people surrounding you are going to keep uplifting you and keep pushing you to be your best self. That's sort of the sad reality of today's world is people would actually rather drag you down to their level to make themselves feel better instead of praising you for the hard work you've done. Now, if you surround yourself with the right people, and I've noticed this at college, you know, the, the close friends like you and some other ones that we're familiar with back at home, the reason we were so close and that we have this connection 
is because we push each other to be better every day. We challenge each other's thoughts and ideas. We ask, we reflect on each other. You know, we ask ourselves, what could I have done better in this and that? That's what's going to bring you together as individuals and push you forward as friends and as people. But if you just have friends who just want to have fun, and that doesn't mean they're not good people. But at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, who am I surrounding myself with? Am I being productive with my relationships or am I just letting them get to me? And if also, if you are strong enough with your purpose and your reason for doing something, meeting friends and being friends with people like that won't push you off. You'll still be strong enough. I've noticed that I haven't really built strong enough relationships in college yet. It's only been a few weeks, but even so that hasn't, you know, taken me off, shake me off my rocker at all. I'm still going forward. I still have my plan in place. I'm still doing everything I said I was going to do. And that's addicting. It's it's second nature. It becomes a part of you. That is something that you can tell the world. I did this. Look where I started. Look where I am now. You can do it too. Is it easy? Absolutely not. But we sort of have shallow relationships with ourselves, I believe. We don't really care to understand who we are. We're more content with the fact that I'm here for a good time, not a long time. And that's become a mindset, you know, very popular amongst our youth. And I think it's very sad that we sort of live with the mindset of I'm going to die one day. I might as well just enjoy it all rather than the mindset of I'm going to die one day and I need to leave something that's going to live forever because I'm not going to be here forever. So that's sort of my closing piece. Um, I, and I, I know. We yeah, I would just like to, there's a couple of points in there that I think are really good and that I can address. And the first one is you're talking about how it can be uncomfortable to be the one who's consistent. It can be uncomfortable to be the one who has the most self-discipline in the room. And what I stress to people who say it feels uncomfortable, it feels like I'm not liked for this, it feels like I'm targeted for this, it feels like people don't get me, is that by building those habits, you stand out and then people kind of you see the people around you who aren't as disciplined start to want to live up to what you are doing. And the example I use, we see in the fitness community, the fitness community has really blown up because of influencers, because of people who are disciplined. Um, you have Noel Diesel, like you have all these, fit, like Alex Eubanks, you have all Sam Sulek, you have all of these famous influencers who are simply famous because people see them and are impressed by the fact that they can go to the gym and, you know, maybe take trend, maybe take, maybe take, Maybe not natural, but like they at least show up, they go to the gym, they're consistent, they have self-discipline. These are self-disciplined people who are mentors within this community. And this community is blown up for a reason. So that's what I emphasize to people who say that they're uncomfortable maybe, or don't really want to stand out in that way, is that by doing that, you're actively improving the people around you. Because I find that our generation, while it's lazy now, when you have role models who are very close to you who are growing up in the same situation you are, but then they become self-disciplined. They go to the gym. They start doing these things that are great for themselves. The people who are around you want to do the same stuff. They're inspired by you. And so I think if it's uncomfortable, think about that. Think about how you have to be uncomfortable for a time, but then you become an inspiration. And I think being uncomfortable for a period of time is worth that. And then the second thing that you talked about is celebrating little victories and how that leads to complacency versus like celebration and that kind of argument. Marcus Aurelius has a quote where you, he says that you go through your day doing action by action, each one making you content if it reaches its goal, if it pushes you towards your ultimate goal. And so it's paraphrasing a little bit, but that quote really means that it's part of this process. The process is a step-by-step -step thing. And so each time you have a victory, each time you reach a little goal, take time to celebrate because that's worth it, because it shows that you are committed. It shows that you are making progress. And so when you have those moments where you can actually visibly see or just notice progress, take time to celebrate those moments because they're rare, especially in our generation. They are so rare. And so it's worth it to celebrate. And certainly there's a balance between celebration and you know becoming complacent, but I think the small victories are not where those happen. Where complacency happens is what I talk about in terms of when you reach those big goals, not setting out new ones, instead just celebrating that you got to the big goals. I think that's where, you know, we maybe don't disagree on that, but I would also outline that, that celebrate every little victory, like as much as possible within like the context of the little victory, like little victory, little celebration, so that you don't kind of fall out of love with the process. You stay connected with the process by celebrating. And then 
but those the complacency part comes in when you reach those big goals. So my advice then is celebrate the little victories, celebrate the big victories, but always have victories because you're always changing your goals and adding new ones when you meet the ones that you already hit. And then the final thing that I want to say is that let's revisit the quote, right? Let's revisit the quote about how true greatness lies in an honest purpose. It lies in a just estimation of yourself. It lies in self-examinations and it lies in consistency and not caring about others' opinions. Those are the five tools that you can use to become truly great. Marcus Aurelius outlined this. He was a Roman emperor. He did great things within his life. He followed this process. And it's one that's not that hard to follow. It doesn't require money. doesn't require status. doesn't require power. doesn't require influence. It requires self-discipline. That's about it. It requires self-discipline, a sense of self-identity, and the ability to just follow through and be consistent. And those are three things that everybody has within themselves. We're just giving you five steps that help you get there. But it, like you said, it comes from within yourself. So use this step-by-step guide or don't. But realize that it generates from yourself. It generates from your ability to be consistent, your ability to be disciplined, your ability to control yourself. It generates from you. It's not going to generate from anywhere else on the planet. And so you can look at this quote and you can either fully embrace it like we have, become self-disciplined, or you can do it another way. But at the end of the day, become a self-disciplined person. And the way you do that is by practicing. We say practice makes perfect, but we look at physical aspects. We look at sports. Self-disciplined, unlike a lot of things we talk about, is not a mindset thing. It's a put in action. And so this is our call to action, is the five-step process. And with that being said, this has been the Gen Z Stoic. Thank you for listening as always. If you haven't already, be sure to check out our website. New articles going up this week. And I'll let Mateo wrap up. Absolutely. And I've been your co-host, Mateo. Thank you for tuning in. Um, just if there's one thing you get out of this, it's up to you. Everything you need to get better is already within you. And nobody is coming to save you. The only person that is going to uplift you is yourself. And so, you know, use this five-step guide. It's going to look different for everybody. Be daring. Be Be ambitious. Be willing to take that leap. You know, be willing to be someone who doesn't fit in. Be willing to be the person who gets judged for doing things differently. But then down the road, the same people ask you for advice on how you did it. Be that person. Have faith in yourself. Have faith in why you are here and who you're meant to be. And when you truly believe in yourself, then you'll believe in the purpose in which you have established in your life. And so with that, this has been the third episode of season two with the Gen Z Stoic. Uh, like Ren said, be sure to check out our website, follow us on Instagram, connect with us, join our Gen Z Stoic community. And with that, we will see you next time. Thank you for tuning in.